this is Peek Inside the Panic Room, where we explore our passions with zero limits, mixed with the occasional bit of chaos. You don't have to be famous to have a story to tell. So strap yourself in and enjoy the ride. Joining me today in the panic room, we've got Jake and Chris from One Global Logistics, OGLAU. Good morning. How are you boys? Very good. How are you? Pretty good. Thanks yeah. for having us. Mate, it's, it's, it's an absolute pleasure. Two fine young men from the, uh, from the freight forwarding industry and more. Oh, everything. Yes. Everything in, everything in between. We should get the business out of the way first, I think. Okay. Talk to us. Well, someone's footy team are going all right. Oh, mate. Fluking it, may I add. Are Mate. they ever? Fluking it. They should not have beaten Melbourne. And Melbourne did. lost it. Carlton didn't win it. It was quite funny because I, I remember having a discussion with you, Jake, about oh, when we were, maybe two months ago. We're at the Audi Centre. We come to do a photo shoot for oh, you guys. Lovely, yeah. And we were talking about the footy. And you go, oh, yeah, I've, I, I've taken up AFL this year. Well, okay. Last year. Last year. Well, I've, I've taken it and, and, I've, and I'm going for Carlton. Yeah. And he goes, and we're not going to win it, I think. But, you know, like... You know, it's it's good to follow someone. We're, we were like, I think we were like three and eight. Then. Yeah, yeah. And and then you went nine in a row. Yeah. But what was your last loss before that? I don't remember. I can tell you. I only remember the teams that are in My the finals. My team, the Essendon Football Club. Who? Yeah, that team that's not in the eight. All the four. All the four. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it'll be a big week. Do you reckon they can? You reckon they got one more in them? Oh, I don't know. I didn't, I think that we had one more in them last week. So it'll be very interesting to see. I'm going to go up there. I'm going to give them all the support that I've got. But don't they generally lose when you go and watch them live? Oh, it's a 50-50 ratio. <laughs> so, yeah, well, actually, yeah, they're due for a loss then. Yeah, but yeah. no, it's up in Brisbane. Brisbane and Brisbane are, uh, well, unblemished this season. So it'll be very interesting There's to have no a crack. There's no stopping with Charlie, mate. Charlie Kerno, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a one-man wrecking ball. He's Superman, so... Oh, right, yes. Yeah. So, but no, I wasn't he's talking about that, Charlie. Either. I know. Um, yeah, no, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. So, you, you're squarely on the fence? I, I definitely don't expect to beat Brisbane in Brisbane, but as I said, I didn't expect them to beat Melbourne last week. I would rather have Collingwood in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, I would definitely, yeah, rather have Collingwood. Well, they, in only Melbourne, just, they only just really got out of jail against Sydney. Exactly right. Exactly right. And but, they were up by fucking five goals but, uh, but I, I chose Carlton because they were shit and they're underdogs and now we're still underdogs and we're in the final four so I'm having a great time yeah Jake that's what it's about I'm having a great time it's about picking the right teams that's why I picked all teams that are usually essentially quite successful and all of them have, have sucked negative yeah. sucked this year yeah you're what Manly your Yankees yep yep your Man United <laughs> United how's, how good City going uh, yeah they're going well but very good so they should Absolutely, we're so the best team should. in the world. Yeah, I well, they're the most expensive team in the world. We're not. Manchester United are worth way more than No, no, no. The team. Oh, we could talk about the this. Team, what, the team, the players the are more expensive. Because they play better, so their value is higher. Well, what? Or they just overpay no. because they've got I that oil talk, money. They've got that oil money. Would you take the oil money? I, I, I'm praying that Manchester United is sold to the guy with the biggest oil field Thank in you. Saudi Arabia. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. No, I can, <laughs> we can talk about net spend till the sun goes down. But Manchester City are the champions of Europe and the best team in the world. So I'm happy to have this conversation as long as you want. Right. Mm. Anyway, so we'll, we might move away from you then. <laughs> it's a very good time. Chris. Yes. First time in front of the mic. Yeah, hand, hands are sweaty. 
Knees really? Weak. Knees weak, arms, arms are heavy. There's vomit in a sweater already. Mum's spaghetti. I'm nervous, but on the surface I look calm and ready to drop bombs. Buddy keeps on forgetting what he wrote down. So there we go. Well done, Jakey. Thank you. A lot of this is people wouldn't they, believe they, that they call a lot of him this a is ad If I if I didn't go into freight forwarding, I was thinking about going into rap. So, <laughs> 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 well, lucky I went to freight forwarding. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're going to park that because we need to unpack that. Oh, we need to unpack <laughs> that. Oh, that's clever. So uh, you're it is good, isn't it? So sweaty palms, first time in the in the panic room. Yep. You dressed accordingly. Lovely new moustache. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> been growing it for a while now. Yeah. yeah. How long you been growing that for? Six months. <laughs> I'm European background, so last night. Last night. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So should see his back. <laughs> mm, not that back. Well, I can't complain. <laughs> I can't talk. To be honest, like it's not ideal. It's not ideal. So, mate, uh, I'm I'm hearing twenty twenty plus years in the industry. Mm-hmm. You must have seen a lot of change in that time. Yeah. Yeah. Quite a bit. Quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. So, so where'd you start? I started as a uh, document runner. Um, you know, just running documents to back and forth to the from the airport, um, quarantine um, check documents. That all that's done. Six. All <laughs> that's done online now. It's all digital. Um, so yeah, it's certainly evolved over the last twenty years. From yeah. you know, there's there's no, no there's no more um, document runner or anything like that. So. Um, yeah. The digital age has really taken off. Yeah, exactly. Lovely podcasting voice. He's good, isn't he? Yeah. He's a natural. He's a lovely podcasting voice. He's a natural. Voice. Really? Yeah. Keep there it you in go. your pants, Jake. Everything else sucks, but your yeah. voice is nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, how long have you been with One Global for? Uh, two and a half years. Okay. What Sorry. led you there? Um, yeah, apart from Jake, um, not. Um no, I was just looking for change. I was at my last company, um, did a total of 13 years at my last company. I was running the Queensland branch. Um, I just needed a change. Um, it was time for, you know, I was working out of an office, two people, me and another lady, um, and just needed to be around, like, the head office vibe, be around good people, um, and needed a new challenge. So, Mate, that's uh, 13 years is a good innings nowadays. Yeah, it is. And especially if you only got one other person you're working with. Mm, well, originally I was working out of the Melbourne office. So yes. um, I transitioned back in 2013, went back probably three years later for another two years and then came back up to the Gold Coast um, two years after that. So I've been on the Gold Coast now for 10 years, um, but predominantly did all my um, my industry experience um, out of Melbourne. Yeah. So... Um, hence why I've got the national role. Um, I've got a lot of, obviously, my portfolio is in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, but, you know, over the last 10 years, certainly grown the Sydney and Brisbane market. Absolutely. Uh, so, obviously, Jake, you're relatively new to the industry, right? Five years. Yeah, yeah five years, right? So, how long have you been with One Global now? For what, two and a half years or something like that? Uh, four. Four years? Yeah, coming up on four, three and a half. Yeah. Okay, so let's... 80% of your experiences with One Global. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So yep. it's probably good to go to Chris because you must see a lot of differences between companies and how people do stuff. You know, what are you seeing at the moment? What are you seeing the one thing that One Global is doing a little bit better? Well, I mean, we're, we're an Australian-owned uh, Australian business. So, 
you know, when we compare um, One Global to a multinational such as, you know, your big boys, your DSVs, your DHLs, your D, um, main freights, et cetera, et cetera, um, we, we offer that one-to-one service, that one-to-one contact. We get an account as a BDM or an account manager. We're essentially involved with that account from first day of trading to the last day of trading. We don't let go of that account. So we're very, very close with that customer relationship, bonding, um, whereas I, I have come from that multinational background and so is Jake. When you do land an account, you basically got 12 months to basically see that, see that account in, blend it in, pass it on. It just um, becomes a number then. Exactly. And sometimes so, less. Uh, sometimes you bring it on, it's, sign, it's assigned to an account manager and then you never talk about it again. Exactly. Mm. So for us, it's, you know, just retention is, is, is key. I think there's something special about the person that brings on the business owns the business. And because I think there's some reward for you guys as well. I think because if you, if all you are is just new business development, right? And you just bring, keep bringing people through the door and, you don't have any real opportunity to build a real relationship with people. That's really difficult starting from scratch every single time. So that must be, it must feel better yeah, to be able to, to, to know that you've put the work in, you've brought someone on board and then you get to deal with them day in, day out moving forward. Yeah, I mean, when, when, when we land an account, we, we as the BDM, we're doing the, the procurement, we're doing the selling, we're doing the setting up the SOP, the trade lanes. Um, we're basically doing... Um, yeah, we start yeah, to finish. You, you, yeah, you set up everything for it. I think you definitely can't say that the person that brings on the account is the owner. We, we like to take the approach that everyone in the company has a certain ownership and responsibility to each account that comes in because, you know, yes, we can bring them on, we can set it all up, the platform's there and the infrastructure can be set up by us. But after that, it comes down to the account managers and the account managers have to have ownership and they have to take responsibility of the account as well. Spot so, um, But yeah, from a, high le- from a high level point of view... We're not like a multinational where, yeah, you bring the account in and you hand it off to the account manager and you don't speak to them again unless there's any issues. Mm. Um, you know, I've had clients for four years that will still call me on a Saturday and want to catch up on the, in the afternoon. So um, it's just a, it's a very different format than what you would see from some of the larger boys that just don't have the authority to make those decisions, I think. Okay, so Jakey, you're, you're the Queensland boy here on the ground and four years with OGL. What do you love about it? One Global? Yeah. Or, or One Global and the industry. Because you're, you're, you're a young bloke. Yeah, the industry itself, we've had this conversation a few times. The yeah. industry itself, obviously, the draw, the big draw card is is the ever-changing challenge. It's, there's there's always challenges. That every, every day is different. There's no, it's not a desk job. You don't go in and do your nine to five and, and have the same set of responsibilities and, and things to do each day. It's always different. I think that is very appealing to someone um, of my age and of my my like you know my lack of experience in the industry, so um, keeping you on your toes and I think depending on again and then leading into one global because of the position that the company is in and and, and that I'm in in the in, in the company I'm able to have a lot of hands in a different in different pockets as well, so I get to learn a lot a lot quicker. Um, if you were to look at someone that went to you know a junior accountant at KPMG, you know, you're going to be doing the exact same thing for six years, like five, six years, you're going to be learning the exact same thing and kind of trying to master that one thing. I think in freight forwarding, you don't have that, that restriction on, on learning. You can, you can take it as far as you want to. So, um, it is super challenging. Like you, like, you know, you can ask the question of why do I like it? We could also ask the question of why it's hard. Yeah, for um, sure. freight forwarding doesn't stop. COVID was hell. Um, and we're very dictated. Our days and our, 
stress levels are very dictated on things that we can't control as well. So that I think that's a very a very challenging thing that you have to get used to once you start moving up the rank in a in a in a, in a company in freight forwarding because you have to understand that things are outside your control and that's going to dictate your day. That's going to dictate your week and that can that can dictate your, the next couple of months if something goes haywire. Um, but the industry it's 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 a good industry. I think we're all the same kind of people. Um, and one global is just it, yeah, it's it's different freight forwarders. There's thousands of them now, and there's you know two hundred, three hundred percent more on the Gold Coast now than there was five years ago. Um, but it's it's important to pick a right company that suits you, and one global just suits me down to down to the ground. So um, there is the 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 lack of restriction and the, the idea that we are able to make authority decisions on the on the fly. We don't have to run that up the chain. Um, and that makes us very powerful in the market and very aggressive in the market when we don't have to wait for a week to get the approval to, to do something so minute. Um, we have the ability to, to make decisions to bring those clients on and we have, made this, and we have the, the power to make the decisions to keep them, So, which, which shows in the, in the high level of retention of our clients as well. We have clients that have been with us for five, ten years and would never look sideways. Um, and that's a hat off to not only the sales team but the customer service team and everyone else. So, But that culture set by one guy. Definitely. Right? So James started One Global. He's been in the industry for ever. He must have a hell of a lot of trust in you guys to to be able to because you don't empower people that you don't feel can be empowered, right? So he's got he's done he's done a good job by finding the right people to have the boots on the ground so and then go, "Okay, you can make these decisions." Yep. Uh, how's how's that relationship go with with James? Like obviously he's a bit of a guru. Like he's he's forgotten more about the the industry than he knows probably. Oh, the first the the first customs entry he lodged I think was a uh, three Tyrannosaurus Rexes coming in from Africa. <laughs> so he's been around since the Dark Ages. But um, no, yeah, James has been he's been through it all. Like he's seen the trends. He's what he's he's read ridden the roller coasters of of each different market trend. And yeah, it's it's a it's a good position to be in when you do have someone like with that kind of knowledge that's willing to give it out. Um, obviously, he sees you know sees benefits of allowing us to do what we need to do and get and, and putting us out there and throwing us in the deep end but we've proved that we can back it and i think that's well there's one of two ways businesses go right so there's there's business owners and there's managers that are afraid of the people coming from the bottom and up and, and biting them and then there's the guys that are like well, i'm just going to surround myself with the people that are are good at what they do and and we're all going to grow together and I really believe that's the, that's James's thought process. Absolutely, agree. yeah. I would agree. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So that must that must give you a hell of a lot of confidence every day, knowing that he's got your back. And look, we're all going to make mistakes, right? Because we do. We're not perfect. We're human Absolutely. beings. So that must give you just that ability to be able to go. I can make these decisions. I can make this call, and, and he's going to have my back. Yeah. And quietly, he might pull you aside and go, "Yeah, Chris." Yeah, I think it's yeah when when the mistakes are made. Yeah, when the yeah. mistakes are made, it's more of a learning experience than a than a disciplinary kind of experience. And, it's, it's, and I wouldn't say it's a mistake; it's more guidance. Yeah, it's it's not that it's wrong, but it's how it can be approached at a higher level in a different manner. Um, that's all it is. It's yeah. not that we've made a mistake because we've challenged ourselves. And to be honest with you, it's never actually approached as that was wrong either. It's, yeah. it's approached as like that was okay. That's fine, but maybe you should look at it this way because I've got the. Ninety three. I've seen. I've seen it. Yeah. 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 So. It's it's funny because like in in the office here, I'm the oldest person in the office. You wouldn't know by looking at me, and uh, uh. but 
But I think that it could be from 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 my perspective, I could very easily go, well, I'm the oldest, I know everything, and I've seen everything, and I've got the most experience. But I still learn. I learn from twenty two year old uh, girls all the time, women all the time. Mm. Like they they say stuff that from a different sort of angle, and I new go, genera- new generation, shit, okay, right. I, I haven't thought about it that way. Now there's sometimes I go, shut up. But there's a lot of other times I go, oh, yeah, no, you're right. That that could work. Yeah, no. And yes. I think that you've got to be willing to. We adapt. work. We work as a team. I think definitely, like the three of us, definitely work in a in a very like productive manner when we have discussions. I think it, he's he's very approachable in in understanding that there is a new way of looking at things, and sometimes the new ways work, and sometimes they don't. But James has always been very good at that. He he sits back and and thinks about all of the different opinions and approaches that you know, the, the difference experience that we're bringing to the table. And then he obviously has, as the business owner, he makes the decision. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, th- there's a reason why we're so happy where we are. And there's a reason why we, t- why we both turn down job interviews when they, when they come in and, you know, there's a reason why we're going to be here for the next five, 10 years. Like it has to be a productive um, environment. And, we, and that, uh, that does start from the top. So, you know, we've had this, we've, we've talked before in this room and I've given him all the praise under the, under the sun and he deserves it. He's, yeah. he, is very good to his staff, and uh, there's no other freight forwarder that I would I would rather work for, and and that starts from the top. So yeah, it's it's funny when you find a place you know, right? Yeah. And I think especially, and Chris, this is probably a good one for you, is that you've been around the traps, so you've seen what it can be like. So when you find a place and you go, oh shit, actually, it doesn't have to be that way. It can be this way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, from where I came from, you know, being at that company, whilst I, you know, you don't just stay at a company for 13 years and um, think it's everything's okay. Um, but it was quite nerve wracking for me to make the, make the move and, you know, um, you know, maybe the grass wasn't going to be greener on the other side, but, you know, I haven't been, I haven't been happier. Um, it was the transition for me was James made it so easy. And then obviously, um, you know, partnering up with, with Jake and the rest of the team, the operations team, everyone just made it so easy for me to bring my my portfolio on. Yeah. So. It's funny because every time I. Every time I go in your office, everyone's really working. Like you can tell that shit's happening, right? But whenever we come in, everyone sort of stops. Hey, how you going? Every, it's like it's. I've been in offices where it's the complete opposite, where they just like they don't even acknowledge. There's no you're not allowed to have any fun. Uh, it's but it doesn't seem that way. It seems when you come to your place, it's people always willing to go. Hey, how you going? And and sort of make you feel welcome. And yeah. it doesn't seem like you, there's a massive whip. Being cracked and all the time, and that's and that's an environment that we've been developing for the last five years too. I think like that's it's been a it's been very important to shift where the market was making freight forwarders go and making them feel. And you know, we both came from Brisbane or Melbourne, so it's they're very different up there. And you're right, it's very very it's a very different approach to how management speak to the staff and treat the staff. But I think at the end of the day, like it's it's a family owned business owned by two people. Um, the, the the staff in those seats have to want to be successful for the business owner. Yeah, like, for sure. Instead of sitting there and saying, you know, we're being, we're trying to be successful for 55 people based in Germany. You know, we're, we're, we're trying to be <laughs> successful for the guys that are paying us and that are, that are, that are treating us and looking after us. And in the same us, room. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a big difference. And that's why, you know, you get up in the morning and you start work at six o'clock instead of waiting till late. And like, and, and the, a, a big tender will come through at 6.30 that night and you do it that night instead of going, you know what, I can wait till the next day. Yeah. Because you don't want to, you want to help out and you want to yeah. provide the, the numbers for the, for the company. So, um, yeah, it's it's... He's done a very, very good job. And again, I've said this to you before, but he's done a very, very good job in constructing the environment that 
can allow us all to be successful. Yeah. Well, because, you know, if, if, if you're successful, he's successful, ultimately. And I think that that's what it's about. It's very similar here, where it's, you know, we there's not many selfish uh, tendencies in this office either. And so we're all working, we're all rowing in the same direction, which is really important. Mate, so Chris, you said you've seen a lot of changes. What do you... Th- what do you see happening next? Because we've are just in the last five years, there's been a thousand different things happen. Yeah. We've lived through COVID, which was a nightmare. We were not, we were, not, we're going to try not to talk about COVID at all in this podcast. We've mentioned it twice. That's enough. But what do you think's next? What are you seeing? Oh, I think there's obviously. Um there's there's new talks about obviously you know transparency in the market new portals coming online the CO two emissions everyone you know shifting towards you know a, a, a greener environment, um, yeah there's there's plenty of change maybe Jake, I think yeah we ask this question three times a day and it's yeah. it's unless you have a crystal ball it's very hard to dictate what you think is going to happen in the industry because as I said before we're controlled by everyone else but, um, look. It, and it also depends on all the different markets you're talking about as well. Like as far as Australia is concerned, we're an FOB market, so it's all going to be import-based and it's going to be based on the consumers here. But um, China's obviously going to do its thing. Uh, you know, they're, they're, doing the, they're doing their own thing by pulling vessels out of the water and restricting space so that they can increase rates so that they can make some more money going into peak season. You've got Southeast Asia that have got no volume going out of there at all, so the rates are dead cheap and they're not looking like they're going to increase before the end of the year. You've got Europe, it's still quite expensive. You've got the US, it's kind of getting back to normal to a certain extent. Um, it's all different markets. Like we could we could spend an hour on a podcast on each country, so other than Tanzania, but you just you need to kind of just roll with the punches. I think like it's not like it was five years ago where you could forecast like, these these things the that we that we talk about aren't new though. They're they're obviously things that have been happening for the last ten years. You know, blank sailings, rate increases going up and down. Um, it's more about the, the changes that I see is more about, you know, um, the CO2 emissions and um, the the visibility that customers want to see. From, from, from a freight forwarder's point of view, selling to the market or giving adding value to our clients, it's the value adding itself. It's it's not about the rate anymore. It's not about, you know, it's what, yes, service is important, but everyone can look after you if they make the effort. It's adding value to the product that you're actually selling as the service. So would that be something like OneConnect? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit the, about OneConnect. The visibility tool that we, yeah, that yeah. we've invested so much time into um, to give our customers, you know, more, more visibility in terms of their product moving um, across the globe. Yeah. Um, we we want to restrict those emails coming through we, we don't discourage emails or picking up the phone, but there's customers that want to be 24-7. So yeah. we, we, we encourage them to go onto the line and provide all that visibility to them, you know, at a one-stop portal um, scenario. So Just quickly, you've got to put that part in there. He just said, on, on the, the line. line. I know, I heard it. I'm trying not to laugh. I'm trying not to laugh. you got to put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it was very, very good, and uh, you, you, you caught it as soon as I did. Uh, well, you said they've got, and they want to we, go on the line. Yeah, we, we line. want our customers to go on the line. It's very Chris, very sweet. I love it. Yeah, they, yeah. Want, they want to log into the internet and, and you know make sure they can track their things. Yeah. <laughs> Peek inside the panic room is proudly sponsored by Straight Up Digital. If you're looking for an irreverent, no BS, results-focused digital marketing company on the Gold Coast, look for Straight Up Digital on all social platforms. 
or at straightupdigital.com.au. Yeah, One Connect. Um, we probably we noticed that there was a bit of a trend in the market where our customers were looking to go towards a bit more uh, online based and tracking portal based and visibility based. And again, it was part of a value add that we thought was very important. Um, these tracking softwares and these portals have been around for 10, Decades. 15 years, but they're just not as extensive as they probably could. And when we realized that there was a niche in the market that people were really starting to re- want that. Um, and it also went through, you know, we went through the, the last few years where it was really, really busy and the capacity was through the roof and everyone was just had no time to pick up the phone a hundred times a day. Um, so we decided to heavily invest in a, in a tracking portal and, you know, anyone listening to this that is in the industry is going to say, well, a tracking portal is a tracking portal. And that's fair enough. You can have that opinion, but we have invested very heavily into working direct with the developers and building our own, tracking portal and that's called one connect so one connect um works with the terminals works with the shipping lines it works with freight tracker it works with cargo wires it works with everything it needs to work to provide as much information as possible to us which we then can relay onto our clients and the clients can log in directly and see the information that is directly uh related to their shipments and their orders um in real time in real time it's much more than a it's much more than a tracking portal it's it, it can run reports for you. You can, you can all the, all your customs documents are saved towards it. It's, it's a way of interacting with your customer service representative without actually having to pick up the phone or write an email. It's, it's just trying to take, and Chris made a very good point before by saying that's, we don't look at this, this one connect portal as any way of actually removing any work for our customer service representatives or Chris and I, we still very much encourage to that our clients to pick up the phone and call us and, and send us emails, but it's just, uh, it's a value add. It's another way of finding information for you. And for some of the clients that are doing 50, 100 containers a month, 50, 100 containers a week, sometimes that can be a little bit full on and a bit more, if it's extensive like that, it's a lot easier to have a portal that can be integrated directly into your system. And then you've got all the information in front of you without actually having to shift, sift through emails and, and find the one container that you're looking for that's coming in out of the 50 that are coming in that week. Okay, and you are, is it a, each client that you bring on board, it's a, it's a must? They, they get, they become, they join OneConnect, they, they. It's an, it's, it's an option to them. So yeah. obviously if you're bringing in one container every six months, you're not going to get a lot Probably of benefit not worth out of OneConnect. It's there for you. We don't charge extra for you to use OneConnect, but um, it's, it's, yeah, if it's a necessity, we'll, we'll probably push them in the right direction to, to use it. But saying that, we've both got clients that bring in very large volumes that prefer just to do it via emails and spreadsheets. That's fine. Um, it, it fits the, the right people. It fits the... Well, I think, I think that it's, it's, again, it's one of those things. You say it's a value add, but it's also a realisation that everyone's different. And I think you've got, to, you've got to be able to cater for the most amount of people that you can. Because there might be some people that hate picking up the phone. There might be some people that yeah. hate sending emails. Well, basically... We'll basically tailor the SOP and their requirements to each individual client. Yeah. So um, not every client's going to want to go on to our OneConnect system. Not every client's going to want an Excel document. So Yeah, and um, OneConnect, it's, it's fully customizable too. So we can tailor it specifically to what that client needs. If you only need 10% of the, the software, well, then you only use 10% of the software and we remove the other 90. Um, if you want to use the full thing, you can use the full thing. But... Yeah, it, that's that's that was the the major reason why we didn't just purchase someone else's software. We actually developed and built our own so that we can customize it per client. 
they can brand it. They're, they can they can have it their, with their all their own branding on it if they want it to. So, so you what label it too? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So you know some of the some of the clients that use it um, extensively every day, you know, we've rebranded it and it, it sits on one of their three monitors on their on their desk, and then they they can use the other two monitors for their in, their internal systems and and always have the information for where they the their freight is coming in right next to them on their own system. It's 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 branded completely. And we, then they can shift it off to their own client. We, we could even, the, the system also allows us to send like a hyperlink of a particular job that, you know, a builder might be waiting on or a customer might be waiting on. We can send a hyperlink t- to give them basically visibility of where that shipment is in the, the total supply chain. Let's talk about projects. So let's talk about, uh, obviously your, your, your bread and butter is uh, freight forwarding. Let's talk about other projects that you're involved in. And obviously it always involves some form of freight forwarding. Yeah. So from one global's point of view, yes, we're a full-service freight forwarding uh, company, but we also invest in in warehousing and 3PL that allows us to uh, handle large-scale projects as well. Um, I think from the freight forwarding industry looks at cargo movement in two sectors and one being general freight forwarding which is you containerize in and out fairly simple import export and then you also have project freight forwarding which is obviously you know you more out of gauge stuff where your large scale volume containers um your flat racks your your, your row rows that is a is a different sector of freight forwarding so um one global for the last 10 12 years has definitely been uh very invested in that project side of freight forwarding um our two major industries are definitely construction and then we're now in solar solar renewable, uh, renewable energy. So that's, um, you know, that's our bread and butter. We're, we're working with some of the biggest EPCs in the world in bringing in their trackers, their solar panels, their modules, modules their batteries. Torque tubes. Torque tubes. So, and those solar farms are obviously very big business. That's, you know, and we don't just bring it in. I think that's our... That's our draw card. Is we don't just bring it in and then hand it off to the companies that are that are bringing it in. We we actually do it from start to finish. We'll look after the project management of the containers being packed in at origin. They're on our contracts on our boats. They that comes in. We unpack it. We can deliver the containers direct to site. We can cross stock operation. Cross stock operation. We can unpack the containers and deliver it loose. We handle all the customs clearance in house. Um, if there's any fumigation and customs quarantine, we can do all that as well. So. Which is it's a, it's a one stop shop when it comes to project work. So um, the other side of that obviously is the construction logistics. So we have a, a big play in the market with construction logistics through uh, a lot of the, the major companies that tender for these large installers. So uh, we work with Hutchies and Multiplex, and we've worked with ProBuild, and we worked with Condev, and we work with McNabb and Tompkins, Multiplex. and we work with all of the big boys. And either they come to us directly, and we can look after projects for them from start to finish, or the, the companies that are tendering for the work, so your facade guys, your window guys, your curtain wall guys, your stone top guys, all those, all the the commodities that are coming in fully furnished from Origin, we can also work directly with them. And then because of the relationships that we have with those builders, we are very competitive in the market because we have those relationships in place. We have the infrastructure to deal directly with them. And, um, and then obviously we've got the fleet and the warehousing space to handle it as well. Wow. Uh, you, did you, yeah, I was going to say, did you breathe through that whole thing? I have an issue with talking too fast. Okay, so let's just say I'm a, I'm a 17-year-old kid. I'm thinking, God, you know what? I've watched an episode of Seinfeld. I'm a big fan of Art Vandalay, importer, exporter. How do I get in the freight forwarding industry? You went to uni. I, I'm assuming, I know you did. You studied freight forwarding or whatever logistics at university. You both did? Nope. Okay, you did. So Jake did. Are you just hands-on experience? Yep. 
Okay. What drew you to the industry? Needed a job. Yeah. Document runner. I was 18. Wanted a job. It was easy. In and out of the car, you know, and then basically had the opportunity to get into the office and um, plug away at the yeah the operation. Yeah. Um, was offered a uh, three-year internship, so basically learnt basically the business in each basically department, six months in each department, um, and then finally found my way into the sales customer service and absolutely loved it, thrived yeah. on it. Yeah. Um, the modelling venture didn't work out. Say that again. The modelling venture didn't quite work out. No. It was before the time that he could grow a moustache. That's uh, exactly yeah. right. Maybe absolutely. you should try that again. Try yeah. That again. Yeah. 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 So. And Jake, what about you? Because you know, you're, you're only a young man, 28. 28, 29 actually. 29. Now. Are you 20, just turned 29. Day, off, day before you? Day, day before me, 26. Yeah, day before you, yeah. So 29-year-old young strapping man, why logistics? So I started um, in a business degree at uni um, that was majoring in project management. Um, the project management major was uh, removed from the university or the degree itself. Um, one of the majors was logistics and supply chain management and I – Basically stepped into it because no one else was doing it and I recognised the fact that no one else was doing it. Um, I didn't mind the subjects that I'd studied from a minor point of view. So, yeah, I, I just ended up jumping into the major of supply chain logistics where so basically 60% of my degree becomes procurement, supply chain, those, those kind of subjects rather than doing just straight business subjects. And then I was lucky enough to hit it off with one of the department heads um, of the university who had, a, who had a strong connection with a large multinational in Brisbane. I was very lucky to get that opportunity as a very un, underqualified um, employee. And then, yeah, just kind of knuckled down and learned as much as I could until I was given the opportunity to, to jump ship and come down to the Gold Coast and work for One Global. From what I see, now, I don't see the late nights. I don't see the early mornings. I see a lot of international travel. I see a lot of international travel. Is that a positive or a negative? Oh, we have to holiday. <laughs> I'm not talking about, uh, you know, holidays. I'm talking about that you do a lot of work, travel, right? No, it is. It's super important. Yeah. It's super important. Because obviously you've got agents across the globe yeah, that yeah. work with you. Yeah, yeah. And you've got to build those relationships. So there, there's a lot of international travel. Now, some people would see that as a, as a, as a plus. Some people might see that as a bit of a minus. The first one is a plus. The first one is a plus. It's always it's the best, and then the second one is slightly just start worse. To all blend into an, to one another, and then and the third one you hate it. So mm. I think, it, but it is it's super important. I think it's it's something that our competitors aren't doing. You've got teams that are based overseas, and they do a lot of work for you, and you become family with those teams. We have suppliers that are over there. We have customers that are over there. It's just crucial, especially when the market is so up and down in a, in a roller coaster. You need to be able to trust the people that are overseas that are, they're going to have your best interest at heart. So, yeah, we, we commit to doing a minimum of, of two trips to Southeast Asia a year um, just because Southeast Asia, we believe, is a very growing market in itself. Um, China is obviously going to be number one for a, a very long time, but Southeast Asia is becoming more and more crucial because of the diversification for our customers' suppliers. Um, they're starting to move their factories and their manufacturing plants and things like that out of China into places like Vietnam, Malaysia, Indonesia, Thailand, India – um, one, because of labour costs, and two, because it's it's a smart thing to do. You might as well diversify, especially with the volatility that China is seeing at the moment. So um, 
it's it's a, it's a must do. We've got you know we, our project guys are going to Dubai in November, November to uh, see a, one of our project networks over there. Um, Chris and I just got back from Southeast Asia in in August. It's it's very important, and it's not all fun and games over there. I can tell you that it's you know we would do a minimum of five to six meetings a day over there, um, and then you throw in a lunch meeting or you know a, a dinner meeting as well. And they're not meetings where you just get to sit there and drink beer. It's it's meetings where you have to go through your entire process and your entire infrastructure of your business time and time and time again. For some of the partners that we deal with, it's great. Some of the guys that want to work with us and that ask us to go and see them, well, it's a bit of a harder conversation, but. I just think the the way the market's going, it's it's super important to get over there and, and, and see them face-to-face. Yeah, it's interesting. We had this discussion with another guy that I interviewed a couple of weeks ago. Is he a freight forwarder? No, he's not a freight forwarder. Okay. But he's in the uh, flooring industry. Oh. And not a client of yours, but uh, but another guy. You'll flip me that business card later. He's been in the industry for 47 years, right? Wow. And he talked about the same thing. He talked about... Uh, seeing a lot of changes in the industry but also the, the the conferences and all the other stuff that you do after hours and and the stuff that you do that to the outside person looks like fun mm. but for you guys and for him it's really work Absolutely. and it is probably the hardest part of the job because it is a grind it is it is groundhog day some of these days it is it's it's full on i used to think when my when my dad used to travel a lot internationally for work and he used to say that he hated it. I'm like, what are you talking about? You just went to France and you went to Germany and you went to this. He goes, yeah, but I, I didn't get to see anything. Yeah. You know, like I was in a hotel room and then I was in an office. Yeah. And that's effectively it. Especially, and, especially when you go to Southeast Asia and you tell people you're going to Indonesia. We're not going to Bali. We're going to Jakarta. Mm. Like, we're not going to Phuket. When we go to Thailand, we go to Bangkok. Mm. Like, it's, it's, it's a very different atmosphere than what you think it's going to be. I completely agree. I think that it's, uh, it, 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 it would be a grind. It is, yeah. But again, it's worth I, it. That's it's, what we're paid for. I mean, all the late nights, it's, you know, the dinner the dinner meetings, the the the, the early morning flights, um, the weekend travel. The fact um, that you've still got 500 emails a day. The, yeah, the fact, well, and that's the thing, because you've still got to do your other work. Exactly. Right, and, so it's... And the fact that I've got to spend 24-7 with Jake. That's where I was getting to next. It must be really important about who you actually travel with. You think. <laughs> <laughs> it's obvious that you guys get along. You'd think, right? It's, no, but it is like it's obvious you guys get along. You would, Quite you do well. spend, a, you you do spend a lot of time together. Yeah. I'd imagine it would be. We've all worked with people we think are dickheads. It would oh, be massive, brutal, massive flog. Well, you it. can still think he's a dickhead, but yeah. still think he's all right. But it must. It, I can imagine it would be almost impossible to do this kind of job with someone that you didn't gel with. You couldn't do it. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Chris, yeah. Chris and I together four out of five days a week. When we travel, we're together for twenty four seven for three weeks at a time, um, yeah, no. If we didn't like each other, you wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah, mm. You just wouldn't. I guess yeah. that's also, you go back to James, about finding the right people for the right roles. Well, that's why well. he doesn't come anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he still does travel a bit, though, but he, I think he travels on his own. Not right? with us. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, we do. Yeah, well, well, and yeah, James. He's got a lot of trust in what we do and, you know, the, yeah. the, the relationships that we're building and um, the networking, just extending and promoting that one global brand um, is... Yeah, I think James doesn't James doesn't need to travel with us anymore because he has bigger things to think about. He's he's, he's got to be in Australia running the business. Yeah. Um, as far as promoting and developing trade lanes and developing relationships for for our overseas partners, Chris and I can handle that now. That's fine. Um, but you know, Chris and James and I we travel nearly every two to three weeks interstate as well. So, you know, 
it, there's not just the overseas trips that people see. You know, we we've we're, we're a national company. Yeah, we have to go down and see the clients in Sydney and the clients in Melbourne, in Adelaide, in Perth. So it's not just the international travel; it's interstate travel that can sometimes be back to back. Like we might be in a three week period, like we might be here with our families for two days. So like, you know. My fiance hates it. His wife loves it. Well, um, she'll love no. See, this is and this is the difference, right? She's your fiance, so she hates it. When she becomes your wife, she's gonna love it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I think so. Yeah, I was gonna ask. Po- uh, post kids. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't like it now because I'm an, I'm just another babysitter. Yeah, she needs a she needs someone to to farm them off onto. Exactly. We all, we she doesn't miss me. No. She misses me. It's looking no. after the kids. Chris, it's it, it's not called babysitting. It's called parenting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you can't babysit your own children. Oh, I've got a mate yeah. of mine. Prove, prove their mind. <laughs> i got a mate of mine that says he's got a babysit. i got the kids, mate. It's called parenting. It's different. I, like, I, I was watching something last night and they said, he, he said, so it is getting hard. Like, I own a six-month-year-old. And they went, you own it. And you went, well, I pre-own it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I co-own it. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a 50-50 yeah, DNA. It's a 50-50 yeah. deal. Because yeah. that was one of the things I was thinking. It must be very difficult on the family life uh, because there is a lot of travel. But it's not forever, I guess. Like, I guess you guys want to ascend and bring some people underneath you that can go and do this stuff as well. So That's the plan. Yeah, but absolutely. Part We're, of ascension is still the travel, I think. Like, yeah, yeah. To, to maintain those relationships. I mean, those relationships are... They're, they're formed from an extension of James and then we're basically carried through that. So we need to make sure that we, we hold on to that relationship and um, and then as we start In 65 to years, we can hand it off <laughs> to the next person. We have to pass it on. Boys, it, look, it's been a joy and a pleasure learning a little bit about AGL. Chris, was that as bad as you thought it would be? Yep. Hands still sweaty. Jake did all the talking. He did. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard, it's hard, yeah. Not, it's hard for him well, to stop. Well, usually when we're in meetings, it's me doing all the talking, so I just... Yeah, you got to palm off. Yeah, you got to palm it off sometimes. What let the young guys, a load let the young guys, you know, shit. flourish in their role. You know, yeah. they call You're me. Doing well, they, Jake. they call me the closer. They call him the sponge because oh, yeah. he's learning off my experience and you know my vibe. Mm. Yeah. Chris right. goes in, like, gets the interview, and then just sits there and watches while the while the man makes the the magic. Well, the showman. There he is. There he is. There he is. It's been a pleasure learning from Jake the showman, and and Chris the appointment setter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can get in the door. Leave I can. That. Hey, I'd prefer to get in the door. He can close. That's it, boys. It's been fun. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Well Thank done. You very much for having us in the panic room, mate. We shall speak again soon. Thanks, Maddie. Thank Bye you. for now. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Peek inside the panic room. If you want to hear more of the chaos, make sure you follow us to stay up to date. Don't forget to give us a five-star review and check out our socials at Straight Up Digital.